Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number two of our journey from we to me. I am your co-host, Shug. Hi, and I'm Warren Leaf. Welcome to episode two. So in episode number one, we briefly talked about who we were. And I think it's important because we are both uh, late in life divorcees. Is that the proper word? I'm like divorcees, divorcees, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) We both divorced after 30 plus years. I was 30. I celebrated 30 September the 21st. And you're how how many years? I was 31. Okay. And people are probably wondering like, what the hell? (laughs) You know, what caused us to divorce after 30 plus years? Why, how, and when? And, you know, as I always like to approach things, Warren, as a life coach, we're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about first, what was my what, my why, the how, and the when, as far as when I left a 30-year divorce, and then I'll turn it over to you. Sounds great. Give a little backstory, though. I'm uh, relocated, as I said, to South Carolina in 1988. I met my husband in a laundromat. Man, he had like the best voice. I don't even think I ever told you this word. No, okay, no. But real briefly. And so I was there with my sister-in-laws from my very first marriage because we relocated here together. And as he was leaving, he just said, have a nice day, ladies. You know, I've always been drawn to that voice. Got me in trouble the first time. <laughs> and Ashley, we um, met, of course, uh, engaged and married within a year and I became pregnant six months after we left after after we um met and so you know we had a a pretty good marriage we always kind of struggled financially but we always put our family first I worked self-employed and so I was a real estate agent PTA mom and all of that yet at about age 45 I just felt different I'm sure, you know, other women that may have maybe in that space can understand just something started shifting. My, you know, my commitment, of course, to my children always remain. There was this shift and, you know, we started having some issues in the marriage and, and some issues that we were just unable to get over. However, forgiveness covered that. And so I guess for about five years, I was just feeling this way that, you know, this is like my what. I just started feeling that this is not going to last. And I remember too, at 45, I would tell my kids, and they'll tell you to this day, you just wait until I move into my one bedroom apartment. I started speaking that, which was strange because, you know, I'm, I'm totally committed to my kids, yet I saw it. I, I felt it coming. Yep. And so uh, in 2015, five years later, I just, I just knew. My what was, I just started feeling different. I started feeling the distance between us because I was a stay-at-home mom and, and I was a real estate agent. I was moving and grooving. He was working two jobs, committed to the family, yet I just saw that we were going two different ways. You know, I wanted yeah. different kind of life and we were kind of struggling financially and I wanted him to have drive and, you know, he just have it. But I just, I, I got burnt out. And I think too was because of being married and everything very early on. Right, yeah. So, kind of like you had this epiphany, you know, and I decided, man, this is the time, you know, my why was I was unhappy and I knew that I had to release him because I was, I was committed yet. I lacked the commitment that a marriage should have. So 
my why was I had to be true to myself and know I want out. As sad as it sounds, yeah, we were 25 years at that at point. You know, we were married yeah. 25 years. I was willing to throw the dice because right. at that point, you know how it is. You know, oh, absolutely, yeah. And if I listen, it's, if there's listeners out there, you know, they can attest that they know what caused them. It was that moment or a series of moments. Like my thing was five years. I came to terms. And so why I did it, like I said, because I was unhappy. How I did it, 2015, I set him down and I said, you know, I have to go. And I kept telling him though, I think at, at age 20, at, at 45, we're going to be in trouble when the kids grow up. I kept saying that. And so I was sending these messages because I just know in my gut, I knew yeah. it. And I was trying to help him hear it. Right, right. No, we're going to be in trouble because I knew where I was. And so maybe instead of me just saying, I feel me drifting away, maybe I should have been honest. Yep. Instead of, you know, expecting him to know, do you think that your ex knew? And I know this is my turn and I know we're not supposed to go back and forth, but, you know, do you think she knew? Oh, she was absolutely as miserable as I was, but I say it all the time, we were comfortable in our misery. Yes. And yes. so yeah. that comfort keeps you from doing what you know you should do. And so, <laughs> yes, and I'll get to it more, but when I sat her down and started outlining the reasons for the divorce, she said to me, oh, my God, I knew it, but this is really all my fault. And I said, no, it's our fault. We yes. allowed it to happen. Oh we God. allowed yeah. these things to grow because we were comfortable and being miserable and we were just living day to day, but we weren't living. Yes. And we weren't doing the right things for our kids because we were so miserable and we were showing them that mis being miserable is okay and it's not okay. And so now the healing process is teaching your kids, be committed to someone that's great, but if it doesn't work, it's like, it's like project management at work, fail, but fail quick. Right. right? And know the why. And know why did it why didn't it work? Exactly. You failed, it didn't and go, but yeah. don't put everyone through that pain because it's not you're not doing anyone any good at the end. So uh, such a difficult lesson learned, but really what this podcast is about is helping people to understand that we've we've gone through this to, together but separate, but our experiences are so similar that. And, and so many other people are going through that same thing and they're dealing with the same emotion. So that's what we're really here to do is help people understand that and help them work through that. So yeah, no, I completely agree. Because the why is a driver. You know, when you get to the point of the why, whatever. So like I said, it was just no longer being satisfied with being uncomfortable, being comfortable. Yep. Realizing that I was the commitment. I no longer had that. And so right. yep. asking to be free, just being adult about it, you know, and just saying, hey, set them down and just said, I need to go. If you've heard this story, you've heard it once. If you've heard it, you've heard it twice. And so 
how I did it, I moved into an apartment about five minutes from the house. Our daughter was pregnant at the time. And it just so happened that I found some place that was close because I still needed to parent. Right. Yeah. I was walking away from the marriage and yeah, I guess the family, because I left the family home and I took what I had into a moving truck. And that was yep. what I claimed to be mine. Okay. So I left the family, yet I was still a one-on-one mother. He was still a one-on-one dad. Yep. And so for five years, you've heard it once, you've heard it twice. <laughs> I reconciled with myself. Like you said, I healed. I took the time to heal, took the time to forgive myself, maybe for waiting too long, you know, maybe. Yep. And then, you know, you can always, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Can't always, always. And so I took that time, five years to learn who I was. And that's when I learned Suge. I found Suge and I felt so liberated. Yet I had to deal with the fact that what are people going to say? You know, how are people going to react? How am I going to tell my family? How am I going to present myself on Facebook now? How will I put my status? You know, what will be my status? And so- I had to deal with all of that when I fill out an application and they say marital, marital status for 30 years, I put married. So how right. am I <laughs> going to deal with that psychologically? Because there's a whole lot of hows when you're getting a divorce. Absolutely. So yeah. how I did it, I just dealt with all that. Still dealing with it. You you know? Healing, healing doesn't end. There's no end date to healing. You know, no. people, people think that, oh, two years, it's been two years, get over it. No, you know what? You put, in my case, 35 years yes. of, of my life into this person. There is no switch that you turn no. off and go, oh, I'm done. No, and it's, and, and the impact to your kids, you're dealing with that. You have to heal with your kids because, and, and I'll talk about it a little bit later, but my kids, yeah. the biggest mistake I made in my entire divorce process was underestimating the impact of the kids. Oh, you get me chills. Oh, especially when they're older. I know, I know, I know, I know. But, uh, and, and I'll talk about mine, but yeah, that the, healing is one of those things that people I don't think give enough attention to. And it's really the key to being able to move on is to be able to heal at, at many different levels. And so you reminded me of a very important how. How the hell are my kids going to react? Right. Yet, they were not surprised. Like I said, I started speaking things five years. And they said, oh, mom. And so I think later on, it was no longer a, oh, mom, because they saw it. They saw right. it. However, yeah. they've seen stuff before and we stay committed. They've seen stuff before. And when I say stuff, please understand I'm not talking <laughs> about any stuff. They've seen disagreements. They've right. seen the fact that we've struggled financially before. They've seen, you know, the fact that, you know, we've had to file bankruptcy. So what I mean by that is they've seen things, but yet we stayed united. Right. So this particular time, I do think even though they maybe deep down, they kind of knew, but in their heart and in their head to hear them, their mother, you know, come on now, you know, for any lady, it's a hard thing for a mother. How (laughs) does a mother leave her family? Well, my kids were older and they knew 
that I love them. They knew that it had to be something like I had to be so totally just disengaged that I would leave them. Yeah. And then they were older yet, you know, we all know that that didn't make it any easier and probably a little harder. I, I can't, I, and I can't gauge because they've so Right, exactly, yeah. My how had to deal with all that. How the kid's gonna do, what my mom and my dad's gonna say, you know, I was like the model. It's 30 years I come from a family of divorce, <laughs> you know? And so right. how, come on now, Rana, you've invested all that time. So after I got through the how, still dealing with maybe the how, um, when, <laughs> when did I do all that? Now, I already said it was 2015. When? 2020, five years later. Why? Because of all those hows, because of all those things that I had to deal with financially too. Well, thank goodness in, in a sense that there was not a lot of assets that we had to divide. The kids right. were older, no alimony, no child support. It's still though, it's still a challenge no matter what. So Absolutely. my how took me five years. It did. So finally, Exactly. Five years later, almost on November 3rd. No, November 3rd was election day, November 5th. I filed. And once I went to the courthouse in South Carolina, and so I self uh, represented because yep. it was more than, come on, it was more than a year. And once she put that little paper in that machine, and said, it's a reality that's hard to deal with it is and and so i had to self-talk myself like rana i mean this is what you wanted wanted this is what you've been doing for five years like what in the world because the reality, finality of it yeah yes. the finality is yes. is a it you can't it's like a death right it, it's yeah. almost like a death and so you can if you know someone's ill and they're getting and they're failing you know in your heart and your mind that they're going to pass mm -hmm. and you can try to prepare yourself mentally for them to pass but when they pass it's a totally different thing yeah. and so divorce is it you grieve and and I'll, I'll talk more about it and i don't want to steal any of your time but i one of the key things that i hope to get out of our journey from we to me is making people understand how important healing is and grieving is to be able to move on. Because if you don't grieve and you don't recognize what you went through, you can't get to the next step. Yes. And our, this is where our stories are so different because it took you five years. I did it in four months for totally so off. <laughs> No, wow. I, for totally, yeah, for totally different reasons. Different reasons, totally different reasons. And, and, and okay, so let's talk about maybe perspective as it deals to, uh, with male and female, you know. Um, sure. I had to deal with, who, you know, what woman leaves a house, you know, her family again. So that's a how. And then financially and all those other things. And it was, it was just time. Yeah, I want to say because I think this is so important. And I think that we share this commonality that we've been gifted with spouses, even though we, we left them, that my 
my, my husband, because he's still, you know, haven't finally done the thing, has been so gracious. And we still see each other now, maybe three times a week because we share a family. We share grandchildren and we're very fortunate because we know, Warren, that a lot of stories are different. A lot of them oh, yeah. are contentious. Now, I'm sure there may be times when my, you know, my husband even now is like, hey, what the hell were you thinking? And maybe even he would say, hey, let's try. So I am very, very blessed to be able to have that time of healing, even with him still in my life, you yep. know, um, because it is important that it wasn't contentious. Maybe if it had been different, I would probably maybe not do a podcast or do a podcast. <laughs> and it grieves me. It really does to hear women. And I'm going to speak from a woman's standpoint that are unable to move forward because yep. of the reasons that people do divorce. It could be infidelity. That's hard, man. That's hard to get over. Like it, yep. it, it really is. It takes a lot to get through that. Yet they, women who are unable to move forward grieves my heart. Cause now <laughs> let's not get twisted. I've had to deal with some things in my marriage, but yet I made a, a strategic decision to forgive. I made a strategic decision to heal. I made a strategic decision to discover who I was again, because yep. if my life ended then, no way. I've been through too much to say, okay, yes, it was hard to walk through, walk uh, um, away from a 30-year marriage, but yet I was a mother at 16. So honey, sure, you got this. <laughs> you got this. So yeah. those were my what, my why, my how, and my when, and I'm still dealing with my how because I still have children yeah. that still deal with the aftermath that still see me and dad come together and we're no longer together. That yep. still know that we're getting divorced. And one of my children has to be a witness to the paperwork. You know what I'm saying? So oh, absolutely. it's a continuous journey and you're right. So to all of our listeners, it is possible. It is plausible that you can heal. You can discover you can rediscover, you can empower, you can live again after divorce. We did it. We're doing it. And we did We're it. We're doing it. Years. Okay. I think I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Probably for a minute. You know, I'll have something to say later. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, you know, my story is really, I think, um, very unique in that um, I was for the most of my kids' life, mom and dad. Um, and, and I think what I learned and what I tell people all the time is that too often people get into relationships, the physical side of the relationship and, and all the great things that come with it. And they really don't have those critical conversations up front about oh my the basics. How are you gonna parent? What are the ways that you are going to parent? What discipline levels are you going to implement with your kids? And that got us into trouble very early. So we did for five years before we got married, never talked money, never talked kids. I'm Jewish. She was Catholic. We barely talked religion. How are we going to raise the kids? All of these decisions we made 
at the time needed to make them instead of thinking about it. And that was a huge mistake. And I tell people all the time, and when I when I do live stream with divorce coaches uh, or life coaches, it, it's it, the essence of a relationship is you have to have to have those conversations. And they're not easy conversations. No. And especially if you're 18, well, 19, 20 years old. Yeah. I mean, you know, at 20 years old, are you really want talking about how you're going to raise your kids and what your bank, you know, what your retirement funds are going to No, you're, you're out there having partying. And, and now it's obviously it's, it, it's harder, but it, in, in previous times, pre COVID you're out there dating and, yeah. and you're having fun. And, and then you decide that, all right, you know, it's serious enough. We want to get married and you do, I think very few people really have those detailed, structured conversations. So, well, what, let me ask you a quick question: Did you have marriage counseling? We did, and the, so so here's the interesting thing. So, I should probably have gotten divorced ten years ago, but my younger son has had very bad anxiety and ADHD. Mm-hmm. And he was a struggle, especially in middle school, was his worst couple of years. She completely blocked out that her she couldn't deal with his issues. So I played that role and had had to manage that. And I knew that if I initiated divorce when he was 12. He would. He. I don't know what he would have done. I don't know how drastic he would have taken things. So I knew I couldn't. And as bad as things were ten years ago, the potential of what it could have done to him mm-hmm. outweighed the decision to, to to actually initiate the divorce. So for ten years, it was just getting worse and worse and worse. But you know, and in my case, um, I did. I cleaned the house, I did the grocery shopping, and I did the laundry, and I did I did everything. So roll back probably seven years, um, she said, you know, maybe we should try marriage counseling. So I said, oh, okay, I, I'm open to that. We did three sessions with the marriage counselor, and the marriage counselor said to me, why the hell are you still in this marriage? With everything you do, and everything she doesn't do, I don't get, I do not understand why you're still together. And I don't know why you stayed as long as you did. Now, this is a marriage counselor going. Yeah. Oh. You're back. Is it back? You're back. Okay, because it says it, it changed. Oh, you know what? I think, it, I think it's this mic is taking over. Can you hear me though? I can hear you great. Yeah. No, hold on. Yeah, you can hear me. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, let me. Just a little something. technical di- difficulties, everyone. Should I sing at this point? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, and you know what? When I was asking about uh, counseling, I was saying more so when you talked about those things about mayor, uh, money and how you will um, uh, raise children and things like that. If you got marriage counseling prior to getting married, uh oh. To everyone that is online, I tell you what, now I'm having technical difficulties with my um, computer. Hold on.
Sorry about that, folks. Yes, and then, and then my computer was like a battery dead. <laughs> I had to turn around, you know, this is like, <laughs> you know, we're just going to do this. This is what it's all about. Like, I mean, it is it, what it is, right? It is what it is. Yeah. So, um, so the marriage counselor said, you guys should not be together anymore. It's not, it's not working. You're too far apart in your belief systems and in your parenting styles and in your lifestyles. But I said, you know what, Kyle is still not there. My younger son still isn't where I think he needs to be. And we still have, I'm going to hope that we can do something. Sure. But as an example, every Sunday morning, so this was, this was my Sunday morning for like probably 20 years, get up Sunday morning, Kyle would get dressed. I would get dressed. We'd go to the grocery store and go grocery shopping for the week. I'd come home clean, clean the entire house, do all the laundry while she was watching television. Now I never said anything because I really wanted to see at what point she would do something. And it was at that point, as I was, I was telling the marriage counselor this, she said, what the hell? looking at, at my ex going, what the hell is wrong with you? Quote, I will never forget that quote. What the hell is wrong with you? How do you let someone do all that and you not think that you need to do something. So I found it very interesting. What was the response, if I could ask? She was like, well, you know, he treats me so good and I rely on him for everything. So I just, you know, thought yeah. that it's what, okay. And it's fine. like, when those who think if person's going to do it, let them do it. Let them do it. And, and so- Same thing with me. Yeah, I did everything. So let, let her do it. Yep. And the marriage counselor said to me, you know, as much as it's her fault, it is your fault because you didn't yes. drop the hammer and say, yes. <laughs> get off your ass and help That's me. Right. And, yes. Yes. And in the end, yeah. I, I started to, but when somebody does something that begrudgingly, it's almost not worth it. Like she almost did it out of spite. Like, okay, I guess I'm supposed to, so I'm going to do it. Well, don't do me any favors. If, if Don't do it for me. Right. Come from you the know, heart. Right. Show your kids that you care enough to clean your own house, mm -hmm. show your kids enough that you want to fold their laundry for them or, or do mm -hmm. their laundry for them, cook a meal. You know, I tell people all the time that two jobs ago, I traveled a lot for, for work and I dreaded it. And my kids knew I dreaded it. And it wasn't because I didn't like to travel. I love to go to different cities and meet my teammates. And I did it because I knew my kids weren't going to eat they were going to eat chicken nuggets or they were going to eat something prepared because she wouldn't cook for them. So whatever was fast food, so it would be fast food or frozen mm -hmm. stuff you could put into the microwave. How hard is it to cook a bowl of pasta? I mean, honestly, you know, I mean, but, but that, you don't have to, then it, it is hard. You know? And it's so interesting if I can just in, interject yeah. because um, that we share that commonality again, because I did everything because I was a woman. Okay. It is what it is. And then when my husband did nothing, I resented it. Right. Yet, if I was your counselor, I would say, I didn't say anything. I just assumed like you did, you see me doing this. Right. How was it so simple to help? And yet there's always a double side of the coin, right? My right. thinking was he works two jobs. That should be, this is what I should be doing. It's my, it's my responsibility. Yeah, it was like yeah. I was toiling with myself because I was doing it because it was what I should have been doing, yet I was resenting it because I should have been doing it, yet I should have had some help. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So um, so getting a little bit into, into the how. So 
probably six months before I made the decision and, and, and told her that um, things were ending. We were supposed to go to a, a wedding, a family wedding. The night before. Did you say just, the why? Did you say, okay, because you were yeah. doing everything. Okay, got it. Yeah, that was kind of the why was yeah. was we were so disconnected. Yes. And, and the reality is is that we were we were never really connected. That's the truth. Well, of, now I don't think people ask me all the time that I get what point did it get bad? And yeah. and I kind of say in hindsight right away, like it was never a partnership. I don't think we were ever really a team because we had our first child three years after we were married. So we had that three years of kind of independent living, doing our thing, traveling a little bit. As soon as he was born, that's when it became really clear that we had different parenting. An example. So when my first son was born, he was, so my, my ex is diabetic. When my first son was born, he was seven weeks early and we were about 10 minutes from the hospital. He wouldn't, he didn't know how to drink from a bottle. He mm -hmm. wasn't breastfed, he was bottle fed in the hospital. So every three hours they would, I would go to the hospital every three hours and feed him because he would eat for me. And I would have to like take the nipple of the bottle and like tweak it so he, and so in the middle of like three o'clock, like midnight, 3 a.m., 6 a.m., I'd have to get up drive to the hospital, feed him for like an hour and go back home. And, and then why, she would do, why did you? Exactly. So that's, that's when I knew early and this on. Is not to bash. Okay. No. This is not, would you, yeah. Because again, our listeners may be in the same yeah. situation and they be, they ask again, why? So why? why? And so even my, even, even parents said, well, why didn't she go to the, and I would say, I didn't want to go in the hospital, you know, middle of the night. So I did it, but even it, it, I hindsight again, obviously 2020, the signs were there really early on. So, okay. So kind of did, you, I'm sorry. What was the attraction though? So what was the attraction like from early on when you first met her? Like what was yeah, it? I mean, so we had a, we had a, a similar group of friends. We had a core group of friends and we met through our friends. So we just had a good time. <laughs> oh, this is so much fun. So, um, yeah. Oh my God. I thought I turned it off. <laughs> okay, so you had a similar group of yeah, friends. So we had a similar group of friends and, and we had fun. Um, you know, we'd go dancing back in the day. And, um. and so part of me thinks that a lot of me believes that I kind of settled because I wasn't sure anybody else was going to want to date me because I dated late. Like she, I only had like one or two girlfriends before I met me her. Me too. So, yeah. Yeah, That's why I'm going to do it up now, yeah. Lauren. I'm going to do it up. <laughs> and so I think I was just like, well, what if nobody else mm -hmm. wants a long-term relationship with me? So here's an opportunity. She wants to. So, you know, yeah. So, so that's, so that's, you know, kind of the thing. The how is, is really interesting. Oh, okay. So probably six months before I actually initiated the divorce, okay. we were going to go to a family wedding, like a day or two before I said, I can't go. And she's, and, and now the boys were 
They're like, what do you mean you can't go? I said, I'm in a really bad place right now. I, I can't deal with family. I got to get out of here. And so I literally threw some clothes in a bag, got in the car and just drove. And they said, where are you going? I said, I don't know. I'll call you when I get there. I don't know where I'm going. So I went, um, so I'm in Connecticut. So I drove to Rhode Island. It's like two and a half hour ride. There's a, just as you come over the border into Rhode Island, there's a beautiful beach called Watch Hill. Mm. Actually, Taylor Swift has a huge mansion right on, right Ooh, on the point. I love the name too, Watch Hill. You know. Watch Hill, it's, and yeah. it's, it, it's stunning. And I sat on the beach for two days and cried about my life and just everything, like what I had gone through. And Ooh, that, that grief and that freedom from that grief cleared my head to the point that I said, I know I need to do this because I'm not going to survive if I don't change my life. And so it was that weekend and my mother was, I can't tell you how mad my mother was that I didn't go to this wedding. And only after I explained why did she get it and she completely understands now, but my whole family was pretty upset that I just kind of blew everybody off, but I needed to do that. Yes. For yourself. Right. And so when do you, when do you tell someone you're ending your divorce? Mm. I didn't plan it. So I was, no. And and I I remember it was a Friday night. I was sitting in my living room watching TV. She was in our bedroom watching TV and this emotion just hit me and said, this is it. The the boys weren't home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I got up, took a deep breath went in the room. And for some reason, the, the odd thing is I closed the bedroom door. Now there's no <laughs> home except the dog, but for some reason I felt I needed to close the bedroom it, door. It makes sense if you kind of think about the conversation that you yeah. have, because if the boys happen to come in, right, yeah, it yeah. makes sense, even though it might not have, because you were in the home alone. But alone, right. Did. So I'm thinking, why do I need to do this? But, but I you, did. You're going to drop a bomb. So keep it contained. Yeah. So I, I told her, we're done. I can't do this anymore. We, we need to move on. We had this long, very difficult, teary conversation. And then I realized that the next day was her birthday. So I dropped this bomb on her. So every birthday, oh. what, how does, what does she relate her birthday to the day she found out she was getting divorced? Now, it took me a couple of years to realize this. And it took me talking to other people to say, and I, and I try to tell her this now it, yes, it was a, te- what it was, was the re your rebirth. It was your opportunity yes. to change your life. Exactly. Yes, it was your birthday, but now you can reflect on it and say, this is the opportunity to start my next chapter of my life. Now, if we're she's able to see it that way. If she's able to see it. And, and I try to talk to her about it. She doesn't want, she is not healing well at all. And she, I don't know, she, she doesn't ask for help. I don't think she's talked to a counselor. I, I try to get the boys to, so my boys are the sounding board. So they are the intermediary. So they are helping her with her finances and, you know, her medical insurance and they're they're the guys and when she's ill they step in and they actually say to me we've got this Good. don't don't get involved yeah. and and part of me wants to and I so now I just say to them 
know I'm here. If you need something, I'm here. But Grant, you got it. I'm going to I'm going to back off. And that but seems to, to be working. Crutch as well, too. Even oh, though, yeah. 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 And we do things out of the, the goodness because we've had this connection with our right. And we have these children and I'm the same way because even when I left, I still paid the mortgage the whole time I was gone until the pandemic hit and I walked away from my job in 20, in 2020. So for five years, so I get it. And it's hard to disconnect that way, that, even though we yeah. can disconnect emotionally in some sense. So yep, I yep. get it. Yeah. You, you, and, you, you still feel that obligation when yes, they're to, to try to help. Yeah. You've cared for them all the, all that time. All, all that time. Heavy. So you don't know how to not be the heavy for that. Person. That's right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and so here's, but so as similar as we are, here's where we're so different. I said to her, we need to make this quick to your, to your situation. We'd have a lot of assets. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have a lot of holdings. Yeah. So it was, I I will give you 50%. I don't even want to negotiate this. You get half of everything, half the sale of the house, half of my 401ks, half of what's in the, that's it. Right. Because you were done. I'm done. Whatever it took for you to live, healing, discover, you were like, I will take the 50 and I will make it a hundred. Right. Yeah. And, And so- Cause she had on and off jobs, but she didn't have a 401k. She didn't have, you know, she didn't have a lot. So I said, let, so let's, and I said to her, let's make it even easier. Let's get a mediator mm-hmm. because if you get a lawyer and I get a lawyer, all we're doing is paying the lawyers and yeah. we're going to give up that much money. So mm-hmm. let's get a mediator. We'll split it 50, 50. We'll be done. So we found a mediator who was the worst person I've ever met in my entire life, but that's a whole, that could be a whole nother episode, but <laughs> yeah, you know, we can talk about mediation too. Because, yeah. Um, I, um, my divorce was mediated. So yeah. I think that's a really good segment as well. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll definitely talk mediation. Yeah. So we, we went through the mediator. I said to her, we need to do this as quickly as we can because we both need to move on with our lives. And so we had to do the financial affidavit. We had to go to court and submit the paperwork. And yeah. And and so we did all that. And then we had the financial affidavit done. We had agreed on a number. And then the mediator said, all right, now you each need to go get legal counsel to review the divorce decree to make sure. And I'm like, that's why we have no. And she said, no, no, no. I won't sign the final paper until you get independent legal counsel to make sure it's okay. And I'm like, well, that's a waste. So she found an, she found an attorney. I found an attorney. I said, just do. And she's like, oh yeah, this is all great. Her attorney said, well, you've been anything over 25 years, you should get at least this much money a month in alimony. And I said, well, that's great, but your son and I are going to live in a box because I can't give you that and live Mm -hmm. ridiculous back and forth, back and forth. What I had offered day one was exactly what we settled on at the end. And I said, you just paid an attorney $2,000 to tell you the exact thing I told you two months ago. (laughs) Right, right. And so, and I didn't pay that $2,000. I said, if you want to get an attorney, you're Mm going to figure out how to pay it. Honestly, I don't know where she got the money for it, but she did. Mm -hmm. And I said, you just wasted $2,000. I told you you didn't, but- Anyway, so, and we can do another episode on, on the day of court because I can, I can talk for an hour about our, you know, that whole day. 
right? That day that you go to court and 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 you become single, which is for me, which the oh. the most amazing thing was when you stand in front of, of a judge and at the end of the proceeding, the judge says to you, you are now divorced and you are single. And that's when it, that for me was like, wow, wow. Ah. Yeah. Ah. And so, you know, from the, what was for me, the, what was we live, we, we, we were so different in perspective in, in how we did things and why we did things. That's really the, what, and the why, the why was, I was, I was starting to become so inward that I wasn't functional anymore. I was- And were you resentful? Were you becoming resentful? Oh, I had been resentful for a while, but so for me, the hardest thing was that at least I had worked during the week. So Monday to Friday, I can lose myself in yeah. work. But then the weekends come and become so dark because now you're together. And we lost so many friends because she has depression. And so like an hour before we're supposed to go to a party, oh, excuse me, she would say, oh, I can't go. Well, what am I supposed to tell people? Mm. Will, will, will you just go? And so people started to uh, separate themselves from us because they're like, I don't know what's up with these people, but so that was part of the, of the why the how was for me, the how was I had to grieve first. I had to get to a point in my mind where I was able to deal with the reality of divorce, because if I wasn't in the place where I can handle it, Mm -hmm. I don't know where it would have gone and I wouldn't be able to support the boys and I wouldn't be able to make decisions because the reality is I had to make decisions for her and not that she wanted to hear it, but that was, I didn't want her taking, getting taken advantage of by either the mediator or the attorneys right. or whoever. So I had to kind of watch out for her too. You'll be responsible and, for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then the, 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 when was, again, I said to everyone, this has to be done and over mm-hmm. because we need to move on. So, and we can talk in another episode. So we got divorced in April, we didn't close on our house until June because, so we were living divorced in the same house for like six weeks. Let me tell you, that's a whole nother episode in itself. That's the worst possible scenario is you are now divorced. You don't like each other and you have to see each other. Now we slept obviously in separate rooms. Of course. Um, I didn't cook for her. I cooked for my younger son and, and for me. And I'm like, you figure it out. You know what? Cause, and then she was able to find an apartment to move out even, but mm. as we were getting ready to sell the house, I had quit my job. So I was living on my severance cause I had a miserable job. And so I had to do all the open, we had two dogs. So I had to get the dogs out of the house for the open house. Cause she wouldn't do it. You know, she she would just leave and I'm like, whatever. And then cleaning out the house, like, what do you do with everything? And how do you, so that's a whole nother episode, but the how um, and the when were kind of messy, you know, because we still were in the same, and that's the hardest thing. If you have a house and you haven't sold it yet, or someone's going to take it as part of the divorce, what those living arrangements look like, really, really stressful, very difficult. 
because my spouse still has the house. And I failed to say that I moved out in 2015. I did have to go back for a year. Did you know that? No. You know you? no. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. See, these podcasters get out of everything. Yeah, I did have to go back in 2017 uh, for a whole year, 2017 to right 2018. And then I finally moved out again. And it was because for, for many reasons, financially, yep. um, and, and maybe there was some place in me that wanted to see if possibly it would work. Of course, we slept in separate rooms. And yeah, it yep. was very awkward because I, I was living my life and he was living his life. Yes. I was very respectful though, because even though it was our home, my name is still on it, it was still his home because I left it. You know, right. Yeah. I kind of abandoned it. Um, again, he's gracious guy. It was not a whole lot of tension per se. It was uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, definitely uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. Anyway, so that's our what, why, how, and when. And I wanted to say one thing I know before we end it, uh, that you were talking about the healing process for your ex. Yep. And I can only imagine, because it was my choice, I had the ownership of deciding when I wanted to do it. And I had dealt with it in my mind, like I said, for five years before I finally said something when I turned uh, 45 and then in 2015, I was 50. So I had dealt with it in my mind of what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. So when I went to him, I was okay. So what I did was I dropped the bomb on him. So right. I'm thinking about your ex. If, even if you know that you may be headed that way or because you've lived that way for so long, and because she was blindsided, I can only imagine the day before her birthday. Yep. And of course, you didn't choose that. It does, it would take a lot more to recover, I would think. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you could just say, okay, all right, Warren, you know, and in, right. in a month or in two months, be okay with it because it's 30 years. And with a woman, it's like, you know, I can only speak for myself. I was so connected to my marriage and being a mother, even though I'm still a mother, that to be disconnected and to be disconnected, like, bam, bam. Yeah. The recovery process, I'm sure will take longer yet. Surround yourself with people who understand, be honest about your what, why, absolutely. And my, what is it? Whatever it is, my, why I left it, my, how and whatever, and just be secure in it, deal with it. Like you said, you had time to deal with it. Absolutely. And, um, you know, you have to get to a point, not you have to, because I'm not a, a preacher or, you know, a judge. I hope that everyone that is divorcing, divorced, newly, five years, 10 years, 30, whatever, gets to the point where they realize there is so much life after. There's so much life after. You have to absolutely. do some work, though. I mean, you know, that's what brought us together, you and yeah, I. Absolutely. We had to do some work. We had to put ourselves out there. And so, you know, my ending, maybe words, you may have some parting words, will be start somewhere. Wherever yes. you are, start there. Determine what it is you want to do from here on out. Because right. I'm a life coach. I'm going to do a little life coaching here. So my advice is determine what you want to do with your life right now, why you want to do it, how are you going to do it, and when. Yeah. That sounds simple enough. You can always call me, of course, if you need some help. But be very strategic about it's your life. If you made the decision to leave, own it. 
If, right. however, someone else made the decision for you to leave or they left you, own that. Right. Feel whether yeah. you are six weeks or you, you have to go on the beach, whether you're like me, you have to take five years, whatever. But 2020 is going to come to an end soon. And I hope that anybody that's in the quandary right now will not take that stuff into 2021. And know that Warren and I are here. So if there's Absolutely. anything that we can do, then we are here because we've been there, done that, still doing it. That's right. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, it, it is the next chapter in, in your life. And you might not know exactly what you want to do, but you know that you're ready to make a change and you're ready to explore and you're ready to see what the world has for you. I mean, just us doing this, you know, a year yeah. ago would never have been on my radar that I would do something like At this. But if you're open to the possibility, yes, and anything is possible. That's open so your mind. I mean, that's really for me. And like I said, if you fail, fail quickly, but try it at least. Yeah take the chance because it could change your life. That yes, one simple yes. chance yes. can change your life. Be willing to try and see what your life can be like if you take if you take that moment to do that. Absolutely. Well, I have nothing more to say because I couldn't add to that not one thing. <laughs> and we hope to come before you hopefully next week because we've got to you know, be very strategic about this. Yes, we will. To everyone that has joined us, thank you so much for joining our second episode of our journey from we to me. Again, I'm your co-host, Suge. And I'm Warren. Thanks so much for being here today. Till the next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>